It's in our hearts almost ten years ago when Lord directed us to begin this work. We would try our very best to build everything that we did upon the Word of God. Jesus said, search the Scriptures. He said, they are they which testify of me. He spoke to the two uh, disciples on the road to Emmaus after his resurrection, and he began at Moses and all the prophets and showed them the things concerning himself. There has never been, to my knowledge, and if, if there's been one, you remind me, uh, but, but there's never been anyone standing in this pulpit, and I say this pulpit, I don't just mean this building, I mean since, since we began this work, there's never been anybody speak uh, at, in the Bible Baptist Church of the land that hasn't preached a Christ-centered message. Because every message has been from the Bible, and all the Bible's about Jesus Christ. This whole book is either something Jesus did or something Jesus taught or something we should do for Jesus or something Jesus has done for us or some picture or shadow that points to Jesus. The whole Bible is about Jesus. Uh, you say, well, the Old Testament's prophecy. The Bible says the spirit of, Je- of Jesus Christ is the spirit of prophecy. He's the very spirit of that thing. And, and uh, all of it manifests God's grace. And when Jesus came, he was full of grace. And of truth, and thy word is truth. And so, so all this Bible's about Jesus. But the word says in John 21 and verse 25, there are also many other things which Jesus did, which if they should be written every one, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that should be written. Amen. Uh, many of you have, collect song books. Brother Daniel, our regular song leader, he's got quite a collection at home of hymnals and song books. And every one of those books will have 20 or 30 songs in it that somebody wrote about Jesus that you can't find in any other song book. For 2,000 years, people have been writing songs about Jesus and they haven't yet run out of things to write about or sing about. For 2,000 years, men have been preaching sermons about Jesus. And for the most part, you've never heard any two that are alike. For 2,000 years, men have been writing books and tracts and pamphlets about Jesus, and every single day a new book will come out with some new thought or idea or some new praise or, or aspect of worship about the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you took the whole world and filled the world with books, and every one of those books was filled with something about Jesus Christ, you'd run out of room in the universe before you ran out of things to say about Jesus Christ. Bible says in Psalm 107, Psalm 107. I tell you, just thinking this morning, I was looking. We got two rows of tables set up in the in the back, running the length of the of the fellowship hall back there, so that everybody can surround those tables and and load up those tapes and Bibles. And I was thinking, Brother Terry, ten years ago, and Brother Ray, Sister Sylvia, uh, uh, Esther, and and Edith. We, we boxed, Sister Janet, the first time we boxed tapes, we boxed them on our dining room table in the living room. And we got, and with a tablecloth, we carried them out in the tablecloth and put them in the, in the trunk of the car. Now they gotta send two trucks from the post office and fill those trucks up with just one, one mailing going out and Jesus did all that. He took, took care of the whole thing. Bible said in Psalm 107 verse 8, all that men would praise the Lord for His goodness and for His wonderful works to the children of men. I was thinking on the way home uh, Friday, or, or, yeah, Fridays I was driving home, 
I was trying to go through my Bible and, and see if there was a spot that I could find in the Bible that wasn't about Jesus Christ. And you know something? I wasn't able to find one. I couldn't think of anything I knew or anything I'd ever read in the Bible that wasn't about Jesus Christ. Do you know in the book of Genesis, he's the creator? In Genesis, he's the one who came and made the covering in the garden for man's sin. Book of Genesis, he's Abel's lamb. He's Noah's ark of safety. He's Abraham's hope. He's Abraham's shield. He's, Ab he's Isaac's substitute. He's Jacob's ladder. And he's Joseph's deliverer. Everywhere I read in the book of Genesis, I read about Jesus Christ. I turned over the book of Exodus. I read about Jesus Christ, my Passover lamb. I read about Jesus Christ, my deliverer from Egypt. I read about Jesus Christ, my lawgiver, who told me the way I could fellowship with God. Everything I know about in the book of Exodus about Jesus Christ. I turned over to Leviticus. You say, all oh, that Leviticus, all those offerings, those, those uh, animals and those ordinances, everything else. No, I read Leviticus about Jesus Christ, my supreme and final sacrifice, to whom all the others pointed. I read about Jesus Christ as a lampstand in that temple. I read about Jesus Christ as being the light that was on that lampstand in the temple. I read about Jesus Christ as being the showbread for me to feed upon in that temple. I read about Jesus Christ as being the great high priest that officiates in that temple. I read about Jesus Christ as the one who made the way of atonement so that I might enter the most holy place and fellowship with my God. I read Leviticus from front to back and all I could see in there was Jesus everywhere I looked. I suppose that the whole world was full of books written about Jesus Christ. The half had never yet been told. Amen. I turned over the book of Numbers. I read about Jesus Christ as my pillar of cloud by day and my pillar of fire by night to lead me through the wilderness and get me home to the promised land. I read about Jesus Christ being the one in the center of the camp and everybody else just pitches a tent somewhere around about. You know why some men were on the east side of the camp? They were east in relation to Jesus. Some were on the west side of the camp, west in relation to Jesus. Some were on the north side of the camp, north in relation to Jesus. Some were on the south side of the camp, south in relation to Jesus. It doesn't matter where you camp, you're somewhere connected to Jesus Christ. He's in that center tent right there in the middle, and everything else is round about Jesus Christ. I read about Jesus in the book of Numbers. He's the serpent upon the pole high and lifted up, that anybody bitten by the old devil and ready to die, all they've got to do is look and live Amen. upon that brazen serpent upon the pole. Not only that, he, uh, the, the fellow hired a man one time, preached some false doctrine. God came on him and said, I can't, I can't, I can't. i got to say what God told me to say. I see a star rising out of Jacob, and a scepter shall not depart from his hand until Shiloh come the Prince of Peace. That old Balaam, the false prophet, he looked down through time, down through eternity, and you know what he saw? All he could see was Jesus Christ ruling and reigning as the Prince of Peace. Book of Deuteronomy, I'll tell you something I read about Jesus Christ. He's the manna that came down from heaven to feed the hungry. He's the water that came out of the rock to satisfy the thirsty. He's Aaron's rod that budded to show who the true priest was. And he's Miriam's song of praise and worship as they celebrated deliverance from Egypt's bondage. You know what I found out? Moses wrote five books called a Pentateuch, five books of Moses. And you know something? Jesus was right. Moses testified of him. You know, something Jesus told the truth. Those books are all about the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. 
I read the book of Joshua. Jesus is the captain of the Lord's host. He's the conqueror of Jericho, that wicked city. He's the one that gives the land and divides to all the saints their right and proper inheritance. In Judges, he's Israel's redeemer from all of her troubles. In Ruth, he's the kinsman redeemer who took an old outcast, an old outlandish woman, somebody who had no hope and had no claim on God, and fell in love with her and set everything up so they could get together and drew her to himself and set her down at his table and fed her of his portion and made her his own bride. That's Jesus, our kinsman redeemer, who loved us and drew us unto himself and set us down at his own table and made us his bride. How about that? I read in my Bible book of 1 Samuel, I found Jesus was the one that opened Hannah's barren womb and made her that was barren to rejoice. I read about Jesus as the conqueror of David's giant. I read about Jesus as the kingmaker. I read about Jesus as the preserver of his persecuted ones. All that's in the book of 1 Samuel. That book's not about Eli. That book's not about Samuel. That book's not about David. That book's about Jesus Christ. Second Samuel uh, tells me how Jesus conquers all his enemies and how that Jesus establishes his throne at Jerusalem and there isn't anything that any enemy nation can do about it. He will rule and reign on the hill of Mount Zion. First Kings, I read about Jesus Christ as the builder of the temple. I read about Jesus Christ as the one who brings peace to Israel. I read about Jesus Christ, the wise monarch, and Solomon in all his glory, and Solomon in all his wisdom, and Solomon in all the, all the talent and ability and smarts that God gave him. There's a greater than Solomon who sits on a great white throne judging right from wrong and truth from error and good from evil and bless your soul, he's coming soon to rule and reign. Second Kings, I read about Jesus Christ as Elijah's chariot that takes the faithful home to heaven when their work's done. I read about Jesus Christ as being Elisha's double portion of the Spirit poured out to carry on the blessed gospel work. In First Chronicles, Jesus Christ is the King of all kings. In Second Chronicles, He's the one who governs the kingdoms of men. In the book of Ezra, Jesus Christ is the one who delivers from captivity. In Nehemiah, He's the one who rebuilds the broken walls. He's the one that can take a life that's been ruined, a life that's been made captive of the devil, when everything's broken down and everything's destroyed and nothing's left of it, and Jesus can step on the scene and take you back, help you start all over again. That's Jesus Christ. You know what the book of Ezra is about? It's about Jesus. You know what the book of Nehemiah is about? It's about Jesus. You say, I didn't see that when I read it. Go back and read it again. He's there on every page. In the book of Esther, God's never mentioned by name. You won't find the name of God. You won't find the Lord. You won't find Him mentioned anywhere in the book of Esther. But I'll tell you something. When you get to that place where God can't be named, when you get to that place when your heart's so broken you can't call on the name of the Lord, when you get to that place where you're in such despair it seems like God's a million miles away, He's right there in the book of Esther moving Mordecai over this way and moving Ahusuerus over that way and moving Vashti over this way and moving Esther over that way and bringing Haman around this way and keeping a man up late one night and pulling a book off the shelf over here and having a man at the gate over there and one day you wake up and God just worked everything out you didn't even know He was there. That's Jesus. The book of Esther is all about Jesus. 
Right now, you know what he's doing? He's moving this over here and that over there and this over here and that person here and that person there. And one morning you're going to wake up and find out God had everything under control. You didn't even know he was there. Amen. Book of Esther is all about Jesus Christ. I read about Jesus in the book of Job. He's strength in time of suffering. He's hope in time of despair. And when nobody else understands, everybody else says you ought to quit. He's the one abiding friend that never says the wrong thing at the wrong time. That never walks away when he needs to stay. That never speaks when he ought to be silent. And he's never silent when he ought to speak. He's the friend that sticketh closer than a brother. I read about Jesus in the book of Job. He's the one that turns the captivity. He'll let the devil go so far, but draw a line and say no farther. It's time to let him up. And that's Jesus in the book of Job. Book of Psalms, Jesus is the one worthy of all praise. The one worthy of all worship. The one worthy of all song. The one worthy of all adoration. The book of Psalms is 150 expressions of the heart of man to the goodness and the faithfulness and the worth and the majesty of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's what it's all about. Book of Proverbs, Jesus Christ gives us rules for right living. The book of Ecclesiastes, when you tried everything else in the world, Jesus is the end of the matter. You say, what's the matter? Well, agriculture. You say, what's the matter? Politics. You say, what's the matter? Education. You say, what's the matter? Religion. I'll tell you what's the answer for what's the matter. The end of the commandment is fear God and keep His commandments. When you've tried all the matter, get in the spirit realm. <laughs> and Jesus is there. He's what the book of Ecclesiastes is all about. In the Song of Solomon, Jesus is the lover of our soul. He's the, his, he is the heart's one great longing. And everything else a man could ever have, everything else a man could ever lay hold of, is counted as worthless and nothing if, ha if you have to exchange it for Jesus Christ. In Isaiah, I see the Lord high and lifted up and His train filling the temple. I see the seraphim round about His throne. I see the cherubim crying out daily, day in and day out, year in and year out, for all of eternity, round about that throne. Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. That's Jesus on that throne. How do you know that? Our God is the only wise God. He's the invisible God. No man has seen the Father at any time. But Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. You know who Isaiah saw in Isaiah chapter 1, high and lifted up, sitting on that throne, his train filling the temple. Isaiah 6, 1 and 4, you know who he saw? Well, you can't see the Father. He saw Jesus. You know what, that one high and lifted up on that throne in heaven, surrounded by those cherubim and seraphim, those praising angels in chapter 6, you know what he did? Chapter 9 said unto us, the son is born. Child is given. Government should be upon his shoulder. And his name should be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. You know what happened? That one Isaiah saw on the throne, stepped down and showed up in a manger. That's Jesus. Isaiah wrote about him. Bible says Isaiah chapter 7, he'd be virgin born. He was proclaimed in Isaiah 40 by his forerunner, old John the Baptist. In Isaiah chapter number 53, he shows up as the lamb, the sacrificial lamb. 
laying down his life to pay for the sins of the whole world, then rising triumphantly from a criminal's borrowed tomb, and then standing as the head of the church, looking into the future and seeing the ones he'd redeem with his own precious blood, give birth to with his own precious seed, the church that would grow and live and thrive because of his offering on Mount Calvary. That's what Isaiah is all about. The book of Isaiah is about Jesus Christ. I'd ride along down the road. I'd get to the book of Jeremiah. Jesus Christ is my weeping prophet. He's broken hearted over my sin. He doesn't hate me. He doesn't despise me. He doesn't want to throw me in hell. He doesn't want to see me burn and get what I deserve. The tears are running down his face as he longs for the sinner to repent and come home. He doesn't preach against sin because he hates the sinner. He doesn't preach against iniquity because he's rude and, and uncouth. He preaches against sin because he wants you to leave sin and forsake sin that it might save your soul. Amen. Jesus Christ is a subject of the book of Jeremiah. In Lamentations, he's the one who is great in faithfulness. The, the, the writer of Lamentations looked around and all the city of Jerusalem had been destroyed. The kingdom had fallen into ruin. Corpses on every street. Starving babies crying beside fallen mothers. And, and Jeremiah, the, as, as his heart was broken and as he was overwhelmed with grief, he stood up in the middle of all that wreck and ruin and he lifted up his hand to heaven and he said, Great is thy faithfulness! It is but for thy mercies that we are not all consumed because thy Passions fail not. They are new every morning. The city in ruin. The nation in ruin. The families in ruin. The temple in ruin. But he looked up and he saw Jesus. And he said, I know you're still compassionate. I know you're still faithful. I know you're still merciful. So I won't look at this. I'll look at you. Lamentations is about Jesus Christ. Book of Ezekiel. Jesus is the one adored by the cherubim. He's the one scorned by man. But He's the one coming to rule and reign in glory in all the splendor of that millennial temple. I'll tell you, that tribulation time, the waters are poisoned, the fire falls from heaven, the trees are burned up, there's death and destruction everywhere, and then Jesus comes back, sits upon a throne in that brand new millennial temple, and out from under that throne flows living water, pure and clear, flowing out from the Lord Himself. And wherever that water goes, it brings healing to the land and healing to the nations and healing to this whole world. You know who's sitting on that throne? It's Jesus Christ. He's the one Ezekiel's all about. And Daniel, he's the stone without hands coming down to crush the enemy nations. In Daniel, he's the fourth man in the fire walking with the three Hebrew children. In Daniel, he's the one that shows up and shuts the lion's mouth so that he and his prophet can enjoy a good night of fellowship down there in the lion's den. That's the Lord Jesus Christ. There's nobody else can do that. Hey, I heard in my Bible that my adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, goeth about seeking whom he may devour. Never you mind that. I've got one walking right beside me who knows how to shut the mouth of a roaring lion or 15 of them or a 100 of them if he has to. He's the one who took Daniel through the lion's den. Bless God, he'll take me through my lion's den. Praise be to His holy name. Book of Daniel's all about Jesus Christ. Book of Hosea, He's the rejected prince. The book of Joel, He's the giver of the Spirit. In the book of Amos, He walks with those that will agree with Him. In the book of Obadiah, He's the one who abases the proud and exalts the humble. In the book of Jonah, He's the one who prepares just what we need. Amen. 
You may need a boat to go sailing. God will have one for you. You may need a fish to go submarining. God will have one for you. You may need a shore for God to spit you out on so you can get a second chance. God will have a shore waiting for you there. You may have a message to preach. God will give you the message. You may have a city to preach it in. God will get you to that city. You may be all through and you may be hot and sweaty and God will send a gourd up over your head and give you a little shade. You may get tired of, of God's blessings and begin to complain and grumble about them. Well, God will send a little worm to eat your gourd. What the book of Jonah teaches, teaches nothing else, that God will give you just what you need just when you need it. Amen. Amen. Praise be to His holy name. book of Jonah is not about Jonah. It's about Jesus. Amen. book of Micah, Jesus is the eternal God born in Bethlehem's manger. In the book of Nahum, He's the one who walks on the cloud. In the book of Habakkuk, He's the answer when there is no answer. Habakkuk said, why? God didn't answer. Habakkuk said, how? God didn't tell him. Habakkuk said, what are we going to do? God didn't tell him what we're going to do. He said, just love me. Just trust me. Just follow me. Just let me take care of things. book of Habakkuk is not about rebuilding the temple when people are discouraged. It's not about putting up a building when people are spending more money on their own house than they are on God's house. It's about Jesus. It's about Jesus Christ being the answer when you can't find the answer. That's what Habakkuk's about. Book of Zephaniah, Jesus is the one who sees the end from the beginning. In the book of Haggai, he's the one who gives peace in times of trouble. In the book of Zechariah, he's the wounded friend returning to reign over all the earth. In the book of Malachi, he's the son of righteousness rising with healing in his wings. You know something? I don't read the name Jesus until I get to the book of Matthew and chapter number 1. And i got 39 books that come before that that tell me all about Him. It's an Old Testament. It's an Old Covenant. But you know who established that Old Covenant? Jesus. You know who was the author and finisher of that Old Covenant? Jesus. You had not read your Old Testament in a while. You ought to go back and read about Jesus. He's there. Start to finish, cover to cover. I pick up my New Testament. I read the book of Matthew. There I find that Jesus is the King of the Jews. I find that He's the great teacher. I find that He's the confounder of the Pharisees and the judge of all nations. I read in Matthew that Jesus is the one whom we are to proclaim to all the world, to every creature, knowing that He is with us even to the very ends of the earth, anywhere we go. We can go safely and confidently and joyfully for Jesus Christ our King goes with us. Amen and amen. In the book of Mark, I read about the servant of Jehovah, the one with power over Satan, the one who stills the stormy seas, the one who feeds the hungry, the one who heals the lepers, the one who gives sight to the blind, the one who casts out the devils. That's Jesus that book of Mark is about. It's not a theological book of systematic theology and and uh, and all these these fancy terms that uh, men put on things so they can give you a college degree. That book's about Jesus. In the book of Luke, he's the man. He's the last Adam. He's the good Samaritan. He's the father waiting for the prodigal son to come home. He's the one who sweats great drops of blood in the garden. He's the one who bears the cross up Mount Calvary. He's the one who saves the dying thief. 
He's the one who rises victorious. He's the one that blesses His disciples and is carried up to heaven and sends them on their way rejoicing. That book of Luke's about Jesus Christ. It's not about anybody else. It's not about disciples. It's not about apostles. It's not about a church. It's not about a movement. It's not about a sect. It's about a person. That person is Jesus Christ. Ah, listen, you come to the book of John, I'll tell you what you'll find. In chapter 1, Jesus is the light. In chapter 2, Jesus is the new wine. In chapter 3, Jesus gives birth by the Spirit. In chapter 4, Jesus is the water from the well. In chapter 5, Jesus is the healer of the lame man. In chapter 6, Jesus is the feeder of the multitude. In chapter 7, Jesus is the living water flowing from within. In chapter 8, Jesus is the lifter of the adulterous woman. In chapter 9, Jesus is the sight for the blind man. In chapter 10, Jesus is the door. In chapter 10, Jesus is the good shepherd. In chapter 11, Jesus is the resurrection and the life. In chapter 12, Jesus is the one whom the Gentiles seek. In chapter 13, Jesus is the host at supper. In chapter 14, He's the way, the truth, and the life. In chapter 15, He's the true vine. In chapter 16, He's the comforter. In chapter 17, He's the interceder. In chapter 18, He's betrayed and forsaken. In chapter 19, He's crucified. In chapter 20, He's risen. And in chapter 21, He restores the very ones that forsook Him. Now what was that you were complaining about? Now, who was that you were talking about? This book's about Jesus. Let's read about Him. Let's talk about Him. Let's sing about Him. Let's praise Him. Let's worship Him. It'll take all eternity to get the job done. We better get started. Amen. Amen. I got a book about Jesus in my hand. In the book of Acts, Jesus is the message of the church. He's the guide of the church. He's the one that gives the church its doctrine. He's the one that gives the church its foundation. He's the one that gives the church its power. He's the one that gives the church its courage. He's the one that gives the church its encouragement. He's the one that establishes the fellowship of the saints. He's the one that preserves the purity of the saints. He's the one that builds the local churches of the saints. The book of Acts is about Jesus. Amen and amen. In the book of Romans, He's the justifier. He's the Redeemer. In 1 Corinthians, He's the one who unites His body. He's the one who changes our body so that we can fly up to glory. In 2 Corinthians, He's the maker of the new creature. He's the one that reconciles God and man. In Galatians, Jesus is the end of the law to all believers. In Ephesians, He's the grace saver. He's the soul sealer. He unites man to Himself. He unites the members of the church to each other. He unites husbands to their wives. He unites wives to their husbands. He unites parents to their children. He unites children's to, children to their parents. Jesus in the book of Ephesians takes everything that was busted up by sin and puts it all back together. That's Jesus in the book of Ephesians. In Philippians, He's the name confessed by every tongue. He's the name before whom every knee shall bow. In Colossians, He's the risen perfecter. He's the one who makes all complete. In 1 Thessalonians, He's the blessed hope for those that have died and are buried and those that are alive and remain. It's Jesus that comes from heaven with a shout and catches us all up together to be with Himself. Amen and amen. In uh, 2 Thessalonians, He's the conqueror of the Antichrist. In 1 Timothy, He's the King Eternal, the only wise God, and the one true overseer of the church. In 2 Timothy, He's the righteous judge in perilous times. In Titus, 
14 times in three little short chapters, Jesus is said to be our Savior. Isn't that good? He's our Savior. I kept reading. In Philemon, I found out that Jesus is freedom for the slave and the master. In Hebrews chapter 1, Jesus is God. In chapter 2, Jesus is crowned with glory and honor. In chapter 3, Jesus is the son over his own house. In chapter 4, Jesus is the great high priest. In chapter 5, Jesus is the begotten son. In chapter 6, Jesus is the true doctrine. In chapter 7, Jesus is a priest forever. In chapter 8, Jesus is the new covenant. In chapter 9, Jesus is the cleanser. In chapter 10, Jesus is the the finished sacrifice. In chapter 11, Jesus is the object of our faith. In chapter 12, Jesus is the finish line. And in chapter 13, we take all that and put some icing on the top. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. You know what you got in your hand? You don't have a book of rules and regulations and traditions and standards and laws and, and all that kind of... You know what you got? You got a book about Jesus. It's all about Jesus Christ. In the uh, book of... Uh, in the book of James, Jesus is the source of good works. In First Peter, He's the chief cornerstone. He's the chief shepherd. In Second Peter, He's the promise keeper. And there's only one that you can trust to ever keep a promise. In First John, He's the no-so Savior. In, in Second John, He's the Son of the Father, full of truth and love. In Third John, He's the giver of prosperity. In Jude, He's the merciful helper. I think I'll go back and read that book again. Amen. It's about Jesus. I want you to go through. You, you go home tonight. You pick up your Bible. You start in Genesis. Read through Revelation. You don't. Don't you tell me where you can't find Jesus. It'd be easier to find a place where he wasn't than it would be uh, hard to find a place he wasn't. Than it would be to find a place where he was and is and always will be. This book's about Jesus Christ. In Revelation chapter one, he's the Alpha and Omega. In chapter 2 and 3, He's the one who directs the church. In chapter 4, He's the upper taker. In chapter 5, He's the worthy one of heaven. In chapter 6 through 18, He's the judge of all the earth. In chapter 19, He's the white horse rider with the Word of God coming out of His mouth. In chapter 20, He's the white throne sitter. In chapter 21, He's the light and temple of the new Jerusalem. And in Revelation 22, Jesus Christ is all in all. Just in case there's anything we forgot. Just in case there's anything we left out, Revelation 22 says, He's everything! And that's what He is. That's exactly what He is. You say, now Brother James, I, you know, that all sounds good in the church house, but, and I get excited, I enjoy singing the hymns, but you know what happens, uh, Monday morning comes around, I gotta go back out there to work, and, and you know the things going out there in the world, and you know the things people do out there. I'm gonna tell you something, there's a song we like to sing, Take the Name of Jesus with You. Child of sorrow, child of woe, it will strengthen, comfort, give you. Take it then, where are you go? I want to tell you something about Jesus on the job. To the architect, he's the chief cornerstone. To the artist, he's the altogether lovely one. To the astronomer, he's the bright and morning star and the sun of righteousness. To the baker, he's the bread of life. To the banker, he's the supplier of every need. To the battalion, he's the leader and commander. To the biologist, he's the life. To the builder, he's the true foundation. To the carpenter, he's the door and the nail. To the chief, he's the chiefest of ten thousand. To the defendant, he's the righteous judge. 
to the doctor, he's the great physician, to the educator, he's the teacher, to the electrician, water of life, to the fisherman, he's the calmer of the seas, to the florist, he's the lily of the valley and the rose of Sharon, to the geologist, he's the tried stone and the rock of ages, to the herbalist, he's a cluster of campfire, to the historian, he's the ancient of days, to the horticulturalist, he's the tender plant, to the host, he's the perfect guest. To the industrialist, he's the faithful servant. To the jeweler, he's the precious stone. To the juror, he's the faithful and true witness. To the king, he's the crown and scepter. To the laborer, he's the burden bearer. To the lawmaker, he's the lawgiver. To the lawyer, he's the advocate and mediator. To the machinist, he's the polished shaft. To the merchant, he's the pearl of great price. To the mortician, he's the resurrection and the light. To the musician, he's the horn of salvation. To the news reporter, he's good tidings of great joy. To the nurseryman, he's the true vine. To the oculist, he's the light of the eyes. To the pharmacist, he's the balm of Gilead and the ointment. To the philanthropist, he's the unspeakable gift. To the philosopher, he's the wisdom of God. To the photographer, he's the express image of God. Amen. You know why we're going to get a new body? Because you hyperventilate just talking about how good he is. Amen. To the policeman, he's the peacemaker. To the printer, he's the word. To the publisher, he's the author. To the rancher, he's the owner of a cattle of a thousand hills. To the refiner, he's the purifier. To the royalty, he's the king of kings. To the sailor, he's the desired haven. To the scholar, he's the alpha and omega. To the scientist, he's the maker of all things. To the sculptor, he's the living stone. To the sea captain, he's a refuge in storm. To the servant, he's a good master. To the shepherd, he's the lamb of God. To the shipbuilder, he's the anchor. To the soldier, he's the captain. To the statesman, he's the desire of all nations. To the student, he's the truth. To the teacher, he's the example. To the theologian, he's the author and finisher of our faith. To the toiler, he's the giver of rest. To the traveler, he's the narrow way. To the United Nations, he's the king of kings and lord of lords. To the warrior, he's a shield. To the zoologist, he's the lion of the tribe of Judah. To the Christian, he's the son of the living God, the Savior, our Redeemer, the Beloved, and our Master. And I suppose, I suppose, if all that Jesus said and did were written, that even the world could not contain the books. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for His goodness, for His wondrous works to the children of men. Get your eyes off people. Get your eyes off things. Get your eyes off circumstances. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in His wonderful face. And the things of this earth will go strangely dim in the light of His glory and grace. You know what you've got in your hands? You've got a book about Jesus. You ought to read it, love it, cherish it. And then take our praise and our worship and our adoration to the God of this Bible, the God of this universe, the Savior of our souls, the Lord Jesus Christ. He sat out there, in fact, let me show it to you and I'll finish up with this. Come to the book of Isaiah. 
That's why we sang a minute ago, praise the Lamb for He is worthy. Isaiah chapter 40. Verse 25. God asks this question. To whom then will ye liken me? Or shall I be equal? Saith the Holy One. Now, those simple thoughts that we just covered in the last, in the last 30 minutes, I want to ask you something. Anybody like that that you can think of? Anybody you can think of do those things? Let's just lift Him up. Let's just give Him the praise and the honor and the glory. If you look around and see somebody that isn't that great, don't be surprised by it. Because nobody's that great. If you look around and see somebody that doesn't measure up to that, don't be amazed that they don't measure up. Be amazed that that one stepped down to save the all who had sinned and come short of His glory. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for His goodness. Wonderful works to the children of men. Let's pray. Father, thank You this morning for Jesus. Thank You for the Bible that reveals Him. Father, may we not be so preoccupied with all the secondary matters of life that we lose sight of the, of the preeminent one, the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, thank You. Thank You for Your Son, for sending Him, for revealing Him. Praise be to His holiness forever and forever and forever. Amen and amen. Let's stand together and sing. In the Blue Songbook, number 70. Let's just join those cherubim this morning, those seraphim. Why, it's just like being around the throne, praising His holy, holy, holy name. Number 70. You want to sing Him in praise and worship where you are? You want to come and bow before Him, give Him thanks at the altar of prayer this morning? Uh, you just help yourself. Let's praise the Lord Jesus Christ. Number 70.
Ah, yes. One day, casting down their golden crowns around the glassy sea, cherubim and seraphim falling down before. sing number 49. Hallelujah, what a Savior. Hallelujah, what a friend. Saving, helping, keeping, loving. He is with me to the end. Number 49. Sing it like you'll sing in glory. Jesus, what a faith for sinners. Jesus, lover of my soul. Friends may fail me, foes assail me. Hey, my Savior makes me whole. Hallelujah, what a Savior. What a strength in weakness Let me hide 
myself in him and some he my strength how about that hallelujah what a savior hallelujah what a friend saving helping keeping loving he is with me to the end jesus what a help in sorrow Even when my heart is break, He my comfort. Hallelujah, what a Savior. Hallelujah, what a friend. What a guide and keeper While the tempest still is high He my pilot hears my cry Hallelujah Before we sing that last verse, if you're here this morning and you've never been saved, you may have been baptized, or you may have joined a church, you may have even cleaned up your life a little bit, but if you've never been saved, if Jesus is everything and you don't have Jesus, then you've got nothing. Just that simple. You just you don't know what all this singing's about and all this shout and everything else, but I'll tell you if you come to Jesus and receive him. I tell you, once you get in on the good stuff, you'll you'll wonder how in the world you you did without it all those years. I've heard people say, "I don't need Jesus." I've never heard anybody that's trusted Jesus say, "I was right about that." You just never know how much you need Him till you come to Him and trust Him. We're gonna sing that last verse, and then we're gonna sing the chorus without any music, and then we'll sing the chorus again with the music. If you've never been saved. I tell you, listen, you're surrounded by people that know the Lord and know how good He is. Don't even waste any time coming up here. Just grab the person next to you and say, would you help me get to Jesus right away? Uh, and, and they'll be glad to do it. Be saved born again right here this morning. It'll change all of your eternity, I'll tell you. It sure will. Verse number 5. Jesus, I do now receive Him more than all in him I find he hath granted me forgiveness I am his and he is mine hallelujah what a savior hallelujah what a friend 
friend. Loving prayers with me to the end. Just the voices. Hallelujah. What a Savior. Hallelujah. What a friend. Saving, helping, keeping, loving. He is with me to the end. Father in heaven, there is just no possible way we deserve to be so blessed. Thank you, Father, for your unspeakable gift. Revelation of Yourself and the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Father, those that must go, those that stay to work, as we leave from this auditorium this morning, may we leave with our eyes fixed on Jesus and only upon others as we may minister Jesus unto them. Father, we thank You meeting with us today. In the name of Your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen.